This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. that was prepared for Satan and his angels. It was never meant for man. And God never sends anyone to hell. That's not scripture. You're not going to find that. People assume that God sends men to hell. Christ came down so man won't go to hell. He left his throne in glory to die on the cross so that people will have eternal life and not go to hell. That's why they're saved through Jesus Christ, you see. And it's important. We need to think about this, but we need to be ready. We need to be prepared, whether it's convenient or not. If you're thinking there's plenty of time to get around to telling people about Jesus, Pastor Eddie presents a different story today. He wants you to be aware that there's limited time, and today is the day to tell others about Jesus, about being forever freed from sin that holds a person down. Do you want your best friend to go to hell? As you just heard, God doesn't send people to hell. They choose their future. But you can be a part of changing that direction. Well. Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. As he continues his message, preach the word. It's been a misconception throughout, I would say, maybe many generations That in the church, those that are on the podium or the pulpit are called preachers. When pastors, if you notice, when we study 1 Timothy, right, the qualification of a bishop, elder, or deacon, right, at least the bishop and the elder, they're both to be apt to teach. Apt to teach. Why? You're teaching those who are saved. Now, here, here, preachers don't preach to preachers. Preachers don't preach to preachers. For example, when, you know, you used to have the newspaper boy and he would just herald, right? The news, read all about it, extra, 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 read all about it, right? And then they'll give you the headlines, you know, Pastor John got a new haircut, extra, extra, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, herald, they're heralding and they want everybody to know, you know, does the newspaper boy or the person selling newspaper is going to be heralding in the print shop to the editors, to the print, no. He goes to the corner, he goes to the streets, and he heralds the news. That is what a preacher does. Herald the gospel of Jesus Christ out there. Out there. We we always use this phrase, preaching to the choir, right? Preachers are not those who are in the pulpit (laughs) preaching to the congregation, the church. Preachers is the congregation preaching and heralding the gospel out there. Out there, every single one of us are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to be a witness. So there's preaching and then there's teaching. There's proclaiming and explaining. So preachers preach out there. You preach out there, you proclaim out there. Once they are saved, they're added to the body of Christ. They come in here. And instead of hearing from a preacher, hearing those proclaiming the gospel, they come in here 
for teaching and explanation. Preaching out there, teaching in here. Proclaiming out there, explaining in here. Very simple. We have lost. And all of a sudden now, there's preaching. It should be teaching. And that's what we do here. That's why you're learning. That's how I learn. I'm only teaching how I learned. I've been at church since I was eight or nine years old. And it wasn't until I have learned, set on the expository teaching, you know, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, where I actually were learning the word of God, when I was learning doctrine, you know, justification by faith, what, all these things. And there were serious things that brought conviction. But the command that Paul gives to Timothy, to all the leaders, and to every Christian, every believer in Jesus Christ, Preach the word. You are to preach the word. How many here are saved through Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Okay. Every single one of you are to preach. You're preachers. You're to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever erase that. <laughs> erase that a preacher is only in the podium. That is not the truth. That's not biblical. Okay. Preaching. Jesus says, go preach. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. He didn't say just leaders. The church wasn't, didn't start that time. That, at that time. It was after his resurrection, right? So, as a matter of fact, I think there are just too many preachers in the pulpits in the church today, not enough teachers. That's why churches are hurting. The Lord says in the Old Testament, my people perish because of lack of wisdom. My people perish because of lack of wisdom. When he says my people, he's not saying people. He's talking about his people. And how often have we known that because we are not learning the Bible, we get into this cycle of Christianity. We get hot and then we get cold. We get hot and then we get cold. We like a tumbleweed, you know, in one of those westerns, you know, where you get that tumbleweed going to the one side of the salon and then the other side is just like all over the place. We need to be rooted. We need to be rooted. And when you're not rooted, you're going to fall into all kinds of false teachings and all kinds of crazy movement unbiblical practices, and you're going to get into this naming and claiming, blabbing and glad, you know, all that stuff. That's not biblical because you're a tumbleweed, no root. The word of God is what keeps us rooted in truth, in doctrine. That's why it's important. Back to Timothy chapter four, verse two, it says, preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Now, Every single one of us, we go through different seasons of, in our lives, but regardless of what kind of season we're in, the Bible tells us we need to be ready. To be ready here in the Greek means to stand by, to be available, and we must. The seriousness of people are, are not entering to the kingdom of heaven, have not met Jesus Christ, is serious. People are dying and, and now are going to be in eternal damnation, hell. That's serious. And sometimes we need to step back and look at the basics. Hell is real. It was never meant for people. That's why when the Lord says hell, that was prepared for Satan and his angels. It was never meant for man. And God never sends anyone to hell. That's not scripture. You're not going to find that. People assume that God sends men to hell. Christ came down so man won't go to hell. He left this throne in glory to die on the cross so that people will have eternal life and not go to hell. That's why they're saved through Jesus Christ, you see. And it's important. We need to think about this, but we need to be ready. We need to be prepared, whether it's convenient or not. 
I don't want to go to heaven and then, you know, look at my, the videotape, if you will. I'm just thinking, you know, of all the people that I had good opportunity to share the gospel and didn't. I want to make sure that every person that the Lord sends my way, I share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be ready. Preach the gospel, need to be ready. And we need to be ready in three. He's going to give us three things. Number one, convenience. That is to preach the word so that the Holy Spirit can bring a conviction. There's another word, conviction. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what led you to the cross. It wasn't because you were brilliant and you were so smart and you figured it all out. Yes, it begins in the mind saying, listen, you are a sinner and you need Jesus Christ. And then it works 18 inches to your heart when now you repent. But it begins with conviction. Each and every one of us who accepted Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. First, before he was in us, the Holy Spirit was alongside of us. That's why he's called the paracletos. Para, we get the word paralegal. Parallel parking, paramedic. The Holy Spirit was alongside you when you hated God, when you were an enemy of God, when you were a sinner. It worked alongside everyone. It brought conviction to your heart and it led you to the cross and you answered that conviction. And now when you accept Jesus Christ, now the Holy Spirit is no longer alongside you. Now he's in you. You're born again. Christ and the Holy Spirit is in your heart. And then at the day of Pentecost, the Greek word is epi, E-P-I, the Holy Spirit will be upon you. And that's for the work of service. Many of us need to pray that the Holy Spirit be upon us. We don't have to do like a Holy Ghost night. Just pray the Lord, the Holy Spirit be upon you. And you have the gifts in ministry, whatever God puts in your heart. So that's three ways the Holy Spirit works. So it's to be ready to preach the word where it brings conviction, not that you convict. Be careful. That is not your place. Sometimes we want to share the gospel and we want to be the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Just share the gospel to let them know the truth of the gospel. Listen, where would you go if you were to die? Heaven, well, let me know how you're going to go to heaven. You can't go to heaven without Jesus Christ. And then you start sharing the gospel. Let the word bring conviction. It's powerful. The next thing is to rebuke. And that is to share the sins that are going against God. By conviction, let them know that, hey, you know, this world nowadays, the Bible says that woe to them that would say that what is right is wrong and wrong is right. (laughs) Are we living in that day? Absolutely. I don't need to tell you. We're running out of pronouns and there's only 2,000 of them. Now we're going to call ourselves animals. I'm a cat. I gave up the pronouns. I'm a cat now. Meow. You know, that's how it is. It's sad. But you know what? This is dark. This is demonic. This is demonic. The enemy wants to rob people of their identity. They're not happy. They're finding ways and and psychiatrists are, oh, yeah, that's what you want to be. Okay, they're entertaining it. And then they expect the world to entertain them too. Like if it's right, it's wrong. I love you. You're my friend. You're my sister, my brother. You know, my family. But, you you, you know, that's only two. All of a sudden, we got to get rid of science. But you see, this is the world. We need to let them know this is wrong against, it's sin against God. Because regardless of who you say, God created you beautiful. You need to realize that God doesn't create junk. Everyone is created at the image of God. Everyone. And so we need to share things like that, like abortion or, you know, it's sin. It's murder. 
Call it whatever you want to call it. It's murder. And now we want to give these, uh, you know, politically correct words for them. Choice. Choice to kill. Next, exhort. Those who are doing well must be encouraged. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So we are to encourage. So we bring them to a place where they're convicted, show them the word that's wrong. They come to the saving knowledge of Christ and encourage them and disciple them. Preach the word of God. Then at the very end, he says, verse 2, with all long suffering and teaching, he's speaking about doctrine. And we are to preach the word with great patience and with careful instruction in the word of God. Know what you're preaching. Study. Show yourself approved before God. And learn to share the gospel. People are dying. People are not accepting Christ. And so don't give up in the preaching of the word. I know sometimes when we share the gospel, I don't know about you, you want to share the gospel, and you want them to give their lives to the Lord right then and now. That doesn't always happen. Many of you who have been in the body of Christ for some long, so for some time, you know that sharing the gospel sometimes takes a while. I pray that they make a decision before their, their life ends because it's too late. But sometimes God works. The Holy Spirit's bringing conviction. You share the word. They may say, oh, well, I'm not ready to, you know, you know, accept Jesus Christ and say, you know what, but call me, let's get together. And I'll be praying that God really speaks to your heart. He's the only way. And then they depart and it's like, Lord, you know, we're almost there. And then later on you find out they went home and they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. That's the way God works. I wish he was always on the spot, right? God has a way of working in people. And so we need to be patient, long-suffering because God was always patient with us and long-suffering with each and every one of us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, not willing that any should perish, but that all, not some, all the chosen, all should come to repentance. So the second reason why we must preach, verse 3, he said, But the time will come. When they would not endure sound doctrine, people are not going to be concerned about sound doctrine. They're going to be those that are saved. They say they're saved, but they weren't really, if they look at the scriptures, you know, they find out, hey, you know, it's just me joining some church because it was a cool church. You know, the pastor comes to the pulpit on a zip line. You know, I think it's cool. And it's a disco ball just spinning colors and a smoke screen. Wow, it's a great concert. I don't need to tell you how many churches of pretty much every denomination are not teaching sound doctrine. They will either water down the gospel, disagree with certain sections of the Bible. They will teach the word that the word must conform to the culture rather than the culture conform to the word of God. They teach what they believe is true rather than what the Bible teaches. They would rather be politically correct than biblically correct. And it's sad. I see it more and more. And it breaks my heart. The word of God is what needs to be taught. The time will come. And in fact, we could say 
It has come. Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. And who would they listen to? Read on. He says, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. The ears are itching for a, doc, a teaching that is pleasing and comfortable to the flesh, where they can still be the same person outside the church as they're in the church or as in the church, outside the church. There's no difference. I just come to church. It's something I do every Sunday. There needs to be a different. You need to be a light. You need to be different than the world. So they gather for themselves, pastors, leaders, teachers, Tell them the things that they want to hear, what they want to hear. I had one lady approach me once when we were in town, and actually she knew that I didn't have, I didn't agree with the hyper-Calvinistic view, and she got upset that I was preaching against Calvin. I said, if you're a Calvinist, why are you coming to our church? <laughs> I don't get it. I said, but I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't tell me what to teach. What you're telling me is to be quiet teaching the Bible. I'm teaching the Bible. I can't tell you how many times I've I tried to share the gospel at work and people would say, oh, yeah, you're a Christian? Yeah, that's good, you know. You know, I listen to that guy, Joe Olsting. He makes me feel good. <laughs> of course he's going to make you feel good. He's got a million-dollar smile. Pray for him that he repents. Pray that he teaches the gospel. Of course, he's tickling your ears. He's telling you the things you want to hear. There's a better you. There's nothing good in me. The Bible said the heart is corrupt. Who can know it? What Bible are you reading? Of course, he's going to make you feel good. He's not going to preach about the blood. He's not going to preach about the cross. He's not going to preach about repentance, justification by faith. He's not going to preach about death and hell. He's tickling the ears. That's why you can fill a stadium. You teach that way and always start off with a joke and don't teach the Bible, but all you do is motivational teaching to motivate people so they could glorify themselves. Of course, of course you're going to fill a stadium. People who have itching ears and it's sad. Verse four, and they would turn their ears away from the truth Turned aside to fables. It's very easy. You know, if you don't know the truth, you're going to turn away from the truth. You're going to avoid it. <laughs> and you're going to, you know, just believe in fictional stories. It's funny, you know, how people just read the headlines and they believe everything they read. You believe everything they read that you read, do you? How come you don't read the Bible and believe in it? <laughs> now, the definite article in this verse, the is speaking that this is not a truth, but this is the truth. It speaks to and points of Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 6, it says, I am the way, the, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the word. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Then down in verse 14 of chapter 1, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, because he is 
the truth. So saints, preach the word of God. That is your responsibility. Sheep begets sheep, okay? The shepherd doesn't give birth to sheep, okay? Sheep begets sheep, okay? You share the gospel. I have no problem sharing the gospel because that's what I'm called to do. But really, my call, my responsibility is to teach. Teach. Jesus told John, do you love me? He said, yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That's what a pastor does. He didn't say give birth to sheep. Teach. Teach. And that's what we do. Now in verse 5, Paul gives Timothy some instruction. Some instruction in, in fulfilling the ministry. Remember, he's closing his letter. He's giving some instructions to fulfill the ministry. He gives them three things in verse 5. Again, this is a pastoral epistle, but it's applicable for each and every one of us. If you have a ministry, if you are part of a ministry, whether it is serving in the children's ministry, usher, greeter, cleaning, worship, or in a cafe, hope you're a part of a ministry. Be faithful to the Lord to fulfill your ministry. Be faithful to the Lord to fulfill your ministry wherever God has placed you. Wherever God has placed you, be faithful. How do we fulfill the ministry? Number one, in verse five, it says, but you be watchful in all things. Watchful in all things. In other words, be sober, be alert. Keep the mind clear, in other words. In every situation in your ministry, every part of your ministry, wherever you're serving, whatever your ministry you're a part of, be watchful. Don't put your guard down. Because that's when the enemy attacks, right? <laughs> the more you serve God, the more you attack. Because number one, you need to be watchful because of opposition. Opposition. When you're in ministry, Satan hates a functional member of the body of Christ. He hates it that we serve the Lord. He hates it when you're serving the brothers and sisters in the church. He hates it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's number one. Number two, we need to be sober because of opportunities. Opportunities. Remember, we to share the gospel with everyone. There may be someone that in the area where you're serving that has a need. Maybe prayer. We're here to serve one another. And Jesus set that example, right? Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And some of us want to be served rather than serve others. You've just heard another message from Pastor Eddie right here on Running the Race. We're so glad you decided to spend part of your day with us delving deep into God's Word to learn more about Jesus. The Apostle Paul made sure to leave no strings untied as he wrote a letter to Timothy, the man who would eventually take over Paul's ministry. It's no secret that we'll all face death someday, and sometimes we need to face that reality. That's exactly what's happening in this book of 2 Timothy. Equally important is keeping our focus on God and trusting that He used our life exactly how it was meant to be spent. There's much more to learn from this book and other books of the Bible, so be sure to visit runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, take some moments to look around. We have some great resources to help you in your study of God's Word. 
We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. That's all the time we have for today, but we look forward to being with you again on the next edition of Running the Race.